together. He's coming on the clouds.
Amen. Give him praise if that is your testimony this morning. Amen. Aren't you thankful that this gospel, which is in fact an old story, right? I mean, we think of, of Jesus living 2,000 years ago, which is a really, really big number, isn't it, kids? It's a big number. That was a long time ago. And to even think that God had this salvation plan in since the beginning of time. I mean, that's a really long time ago really long time, but yet this old story is made fresh and new every single day that you wake up and recognize that you are dwelt with the Holy Spirit and that that same salvation story is true every day and that the tomb is still empty. Amen. I'm going to read about it here in Titus, if that's okay. This says over here, at one time we too were foolish disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want to stress these things so that you who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. And I love this. Yesterday, even Mara was just saying, we're not just saved from, we're saved for. We're saved from our past, but we have a purpose to live out here in the kingdom of God and bring love to those that we are, we are surrounded by. So we're going to continue singing. Wait, I need something. Um, we're going to continue singing this same story. You know, the thing that struck me funny this week, I did some math about uh, the last song that we sang, Victory in Jesus, was written 79 years ago. That's not very long ago, is it? <laughs> this old song is actually really new in light of this whole like gospel story that is thousands of years old. This next song we're going to sing is only five years old, right? So actually, I did that math wrong. There were 79 years between the two. You get the point. It's all new. But praise God that he's still working, working through his people and giving fresh new ideas to the same, 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 same gospel. It doesn't change. The message is the same. Let's continue singing about it. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the
first service. We had to pause and thankfully everything is okay. We praise the Lord for that. It's answered prayer. We've already been witness of that today and we're just thankful that we're still able to kind of gather together now and continue forward to worship him. We're here today as worshipers. You may not know that. You may have come for different reasons, your motivations. Maybe you were coerced. I don't know. Your arm was twisted, but I hope you've come ready and excited but what God has for us, and we have an opportunity now to, to just approach him in an attitude and spirit of prayer to, to share with him, but also to, to hear him. And so I just pray that you will just, uh, just quiet your hearts here for these next few moments. Hear his voice, not mine or the one next to you or the one singing, but hear his voice, because that's why we're here. Let's just spend some time with our Heavenly Father this morning. Lord, it's good to be in your house. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Uh, we are witness to that faithfulness even yet this morning. Thank you for your touch. Thank you, for, Lord, for a faith family. That when things don't quite go as the way they're scheduled to or the way that we've planned them, uh, it's still good to be together, to be with you. It's still church. We're a shared community. We're flawed. We have our issues, we have our stuff that we carry. We've already talked about that. We acknowledge that this morning. And Lord, today we come to celebrate new life, the new life that you give to us, the new life, Lord, that amazing grace affords us, uh, the, the hope, God, that we have, this living hope that we have through Jesus Christ. And while we come to celebrate the new, I can't help but think and feel in this place this morning there are some that are still dragging behind them the old. They're weighed down by the old. An old diagnosis, an old illness, an old broken relationship, an old uncertainty, an old fear, an old anxiousness, an old habit, an old sin. So many things, Lord, we just can't seem to let go of. On our own, Father, we struggle with that. But Jesus invites those who are weary and heavy laden to come to him. But not only, Lord, do we come to you, Lord, we're supposed to let go, to loosen our grip on those things that weigh us down. But Father, I pray this morning, to anticipation of the, the new that you have for us today, Lord, we would bring you our old, we'd leave it with you. God, we would give you the space, the room that you need to have your way with us. We're not here, Father, to, 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 to have you entertain us. 
Instead, God, we've gathered to worship you. So, Father, for the one who needs a physical touch, we pray that you would do it. For the broken relationship that needs reconciled, Father, would you just step into to that gap, Lord, and bring them together. For the marriages, Lord, that are struggling, to remind us of our vows, of our commitment, of, of what can be with you in the middle. For the moms and dads, Lord, that are having difficulty with their children, remind us, God, that you love them even more than we do. So much, Lord, that's heavy in our lives today. The one who feels alone, or whisper to them, God, they are loved. For the discouraged and the depressed, Lord, give them strength to take one more step. God, help us to leave the old behind. Pursue the new that you have for us. We've come to worship you. And I found in my own life and experience, Lord, that when I'm having trouble being thankful, when I'm having trouble getting past uh, the, the, the old in my life, if I just pause and worship, you help put everything back in the right order. Reminded of the story of Leah and Lord in Genesis, where we see in her account that you see her, you hear her, you loved her. And Lord, finally, through the birth of her son Judah, with hands raised high, she prays and worships. Help us, God, nothing in our hands to worship you today, nothing in the way to hear your voice. Be glorified, Father, in this place. Change us. Change us, God. For having been in your presence, we shouldn't leave the way that we've come. Today we're here to celebrate the new things that you're still doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Well, this has been a good month, not quite over yet. Uh, kind of sad for the, the time change next week, and I'm, I'm not planning to wear my pajamas, but um, you're welcome to if you'd like to, uh, <laughs> to each their own. But it has been a month of pastor appreciation, and I just wanted to pause and, and say thank you for the cards, uh, for, for your words, uh, for, for coffee. For I don't even drink coffee, but thank you for the coffee. Uh, for, for lunch and dinners, uh, just for your, for your gifts, uh, baked goods, uh, your kindness. Uh, you're very good to us and, and our pastoral staff. I just wanted to say thank you on behalf of, of all of us and, and how much you are appreciated. Uh, but it has caused me to pause this week and for, for God to remind me uh, as a pastor at times, uh, you, what, what's a pastor do for pastor appreciation? Well, a, a good pastor, any good pastor, will also have pastors in their life. And if they don't have a pastor in their life, there's something wrong. We, we should not only be feeding others, but also continue to be fed and growing our relationship with God. And God reminded me that since I've been in uh, kind of the, this lead pastor role for the last 11 or 12 years, God has filled my life with pastors. And, I, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, when I pastored in West Virginia, i uh, it, it seemed like a little collection I was kind of gathering together. I had other retired pastors or former pastors. They'd find their way to our church. And I had friends such as Jared and, and, and Milo and, and Jeff and a good, name, good, good friend named Rick who were very important to me in very neat, necessary times in my pastoral life because the, the pastors kind of speak a different language. We, we go through different struggles. So to have those people that understand is very important for, for health and longevity in, in one's ministry. Now, I just think God's amazing, because when he brought me to Marysville, he'd already put people in place that I would need. And I need you, don't get me wrong, but, but those that have been in the trenches that have dealt with some of the things that we carry is, is, is critical. And here, God's blessed me with, with Todd, and with Tom, and with Terry, 
and, and I could keep on going with Ethan and with Cindy. And I'm so thankful to have these people in my life that understand and that, that can hear and that can walk with me through, through, through challenging times. But it also can be with me in the joyful times. Because that's why we're here, to see God move and see God at work. And boy, it is fun to go to my pastor friend and let them know the good things God is doing. So I appreciate the pastors that I have in my life. And I just want to take a few moments and express that. And hopefully maybe you've had a chance to thank those in your life that have been influential, instrumental, if you will, in, in your walk, in your faith journey. We're going to culminate our service here in just a little bit for those that are going to be celebrating a very important time in their faith journey through baptism. We don't always just have this pool sitting up here, but um, we're, we're, it's here for a reason today, and I look forward to sharing that with you at the end of our time together this morning. But we've been talking about the different seasons of life that we walk through, and whether it be a season of planting or a season of tending or weeding, one of harvesting or, or one of even preparing the crop once it's been brought into the storehouse, each season of life that God walks with us through requires us, if we're walking with him, to get our hands in the dirt, to, 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 to be involved, to be hands-on. We call this dirty work. And while there could be some negative connotations in our world today it's with such terminology, when it comes to one's faith, it's good work to be involved in. To be involved in God's dirty work, to get our hands dirty, to be engaging with those who are lost. We're talking about lost in the last several weeks, lost people, and the significance and the importance for us as a church to care about the lost. Last Sunday, we, we faced the reality of the startling truth that if we lose sight, if, if the good news stops being good, then lost people stop mattering to us. There's a correlation between our walk with God, our relationship with him, and how we look and see others, those who maybe have not yet discovered who he is or the hope that he can offer to them. We began this conversation of dirty work talking about spiritual conversations. What does it look like to have conversation with those who maybe don't know who Jesus is? And we might get afraid of that, of even thinking what that might look like. But the simplicity of it boils down to this. We need to always be prepared to give an account. In Scripture, we're told, be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have in Jesus. If you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, it's that simple. Be ready to tell about what Jesus has done for you what he's done in your life, what he's continuing to do in your life. Three weeks ago, we had Dwayne Mills come and share with us about his work at Appalachia Reach Out and how God moved him to, to Turkey Foot, Kentucky. Have you ever been to Turkey Foot, Kentucky? Just a couple of you. You've got to be going there on purpose. God picked Dwayne up from a successful career in, in academics and moved him and his family back to Martin County, Kentucky, because that's where God wanted to use him. We begin to see that when lost people matter to God, he might take us to places that are uncomfortable, places we wouldn't go to on our own. And we do that in response to the grace that he's poured into our life, that he's offered to us. We share with you the work and witness opportunity that we're going to be having next July in 2024 to Nicholas County, West Virginia. We'll be partnering with Appalachia Reach Out to, to serve those who are lost in a mission field that will probably be a little bit uncomfortable. Dwayne shared his story of, of Jimmy Dale and how Jimmy Dale had overcome addiction through, through Celebrate Recovery, found redemption and salvation, healing, and hope. Celebrate Recovery will be part of, of, of what God's having us to look into in the future. And earlier this month, there were four of us that traveled to Damascus, Ohio, to, to go through a Celebrate Recovery training. And i got to tell you, when we walk into this training... I just had this image, this is what Sunday morning church should be. They had what they call a hype team out front. 
When you walk out of the parking lot, you're walking into the front doors, they were excited that you were there. They knew that you were there and you were going to experience something special. And I can just envision, church, a hype team out in the parking lot, even on rainy days like this, that we are glad you're here. We're excited. God is going to do something amazing in this place today. And aren't you glad you're here to witness it? We shouldn't be walking through the doors, oh, I'm so glad I'm here on Sunday morning. Oh, just another day. It's not just another day. This is a day the Lord has made. This is a Sabbath Sunday to be kept holy and to celebrate and to worship him. We should come in the parking lot hyped up. Not a temporary, worldly-based hype. Something genuine that's birthed out of grace that he pours into our life. We sing, grace is amazing. Is it amazing? Show me. Show me how amazing it is. Let's get hyped. So I can't wait to get hyped up at what God's going to do to celebrate recovery. That's going to be a ministry that's going to require us to get our hands Dirty. To step into the lives of those who are hurting, struggling with habits, hang-ups, and baggage in their life. Put another way, to start to walk with those who are dealing with addiction, with sin, with wounds in their life, those who are separated from God. And here's what I, I loved most about our weekend of CR training is everyone who introduced themselves said, my name is so-and-so, I, I, I am a firm believer in the grace of Jesus Christ, and he has brought me out of the struggle of blah. And they would identify whatever their struggle was. It became their identifier, not because they're still addicted, because of what God has done in the midst of their addiction. That's something to get hyped about. They weren't stuck in, in, in their struggle, but God had brought them out of it. That becomes a different story for us. That's good news requires us to get our hands dirty. When we talk about giving an answer for the hope we have in Jesus, when it becomes part of your introduction, Jesus becomes second nature when it comes to sharing who he is in our lives. Last Sunday evening, I joked with our men's accountability collective that I had received an early release from prison that afternoon. If you don't know, uh, two weeks ago, Cynthia Lee came and shared with us about the ministry that God has called her into, Kairos Ministry. And last Sunday, I had an opportunity to go to the Ohio Reformatory for Women and be part of, of their testimony service to bear, to bear witness to what God had done in the lives of those who were participating in Kairos. And as Cindy shared and told us what was going to happen, I got to be honest, I went, I was a little apprehensive. I've never been to prison before. <laughs> for the right or wrong reasons. You walk in, you got to leave everything in your car. All you can take is your ID, and I'd leave my watch and my phone. And you walk in the door, and you start to realize all of a sudden that time literally does have no meaning. In a place defined by sentences and lengths of time, you walk into this place, and there, there's time is just gone. And you are subject to being directed and guided by those that are in authority over you. And even though I was there for something good, I still felt like, wow, this is hard. Here's what I didn't feel. And I was trying to be sensitive to what was going on around me. I did not feel darkness. I did not feel oppression. Because I was there to celebrate what Jesus Christ had done. They walked us into this chapel room, and they walked into this big chapel, and they, they seat the witnesses. Those were there to kind of observe on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side was this beautiful scene of all the residents of the reformatory who had already been through Kairos. And to see their excitement, to see their faces, see, they knew what was about to come. To sit there and watch, it was humbling. I come to church, I kind of walk in, sometimes I'm a few minutes late, sometimes it's a drag, sometimes I'm not really in the mood. They, they got to go to church that afternoon. 
They were, that they were permitted to go to church that afternoon. And God starts to work on my spirit. He says, wow, what am I about to see here? And they do this intentionally in the middle between the two sections sit the volunteers and, and a part of the team that have, that have been working with the residents that week. And, and the participants in Kairos are then kind of marched in and we stand and we sing, oh, when the saints come marching in. That's as far as I'm going to go because I don't want to go off tune or lose my pitch, whatever it might be. And they don't know, it's, they don't know people are waiting on them. And they walk in and their eyes get just like, whoa, this is bigger than I expected. And my, my, my heart just went to a young lady. I won't give you her name. I don't think I'm allowed to do that. Just instantly started weeping at the people that had come to support and to love and encourage. The, the, the one that was weeping, I would come to find out later, was 10 years into a life sentence without parole. She couldn't have been more than 30. And even in that place, she found hope. The rest of her life will be spent in that, I don't know, one square mile piece of property. But even there, light shined. And I got to witness that. That's good news. That, that's new, replacing the old. Another young lady shared of her conversion from Islam salvation that she'd found kairos another came up and and she she this was a young lady with charisma she had personality you could tell that she was a leader she was one i would not want to run into in the yard so to speak and she even said i'm only here for the food originally she was just coming for the food but jesus got a hold of her heart and then she shared about the spiritual warfare that she knows has been battling against her but after spending a weekend with Kairos, the hope that she now had, how light had won in her life. It was an incredibly beautiful time. Uh, yet, yet another young lady spoke of how she would not, prior to the weekend, allow anyone to tell, them, to tell her that she was loved because she thought herself to be unlovable. It would tell uh, her, her, her friends, her, those that, that are in residence with her, she said, you, you can't tell me that. I'm not worth loving. And after a weekend of being surrounded by those who came to do anything, nothing but love her. She let down her guard, let people say, I do love you, you are worth it. For God so loved you, he sent his son to die for you. Beautiful church. And, but through this all, what, what I come to recognize is that sometimes God takes us to mission fields that we would never go to on our own. I was struck by how even in this place, inside literal, literal gates of electric fences and razor wire, hope was found. Now here's a little public service announcement, a little plug for you. April 21st, 2024, write that down. Miss Cynthia's going to be looking for some more witnesses to go to, 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 to observe the testimonies. I want to invite you, clear off a Sunday afternoon. We've got applications on that back table. You can still sign up to, be, to come and to be a witness. Do it now. Get on your calendar. Come and see. If you wonder what new life looks like, there's no better place to see it. In the midst of darkness, hope just exuded from that room. Beautiful. Those moments change us if we let them. See, that's what dirty work does. It puts us in a position where God can then use us and show us things that we would miss out on if left to our own choices and decisions. We've been reading out of Romans chapter 10. 
uh, the, the last several weeks together. Verses 13 through 15, this should be familiar to you by now. If it's not, Paul writes, everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they preach unless they are sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. If no one's ever told you this today, let me be the first to tell you, you have beautiful feet. You might have long, gangly toes. Maybe you haven't trimmed your toenails. Maybe there's stuff in between the toenails. I don't really care. If you're sharing the good news of Christ, you have beautiful feet. If you go where God sends you, you have beautiful feet. If you shine light in the midst of darkness, you have beautiful feet. It doesn't speak to how they smell. It just speaks to how they look. You have beautiful feet. You share the good news that you yourselves have experienced you don't have to share good news you don't understand or can't uh, exegete out of Scripture. You just share what Jesus has done in your life. That is good. That is life-changing. Turn back a few pages to Romans chapter 6. Paul writes, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We die to sin. How can we live in it any longer? For don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised to, from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. And this is called New Life Sunday. Because we're celebrating what we have through Jesus. We talk about dirty work, getting our hands dirty for the kingdom. Because that's what this is all about. Getting our hands dirty leads to new life. New Life Sundays are times for celebration, for those hope-filled, hype-filled Sundays where we come and give an answer in response to what Jesus has done in our lives. And I hope today, every day is new for you. That we don't cling to the old so tightly that it begins to weigh us down. As we move forward in ministry and in mission together, lost people will continue to matter to us. And lost people, as they come into this faith family, it's going to cause us to look a little bit different. It might make us uncomfortable. Church may not be the way that it used to be. And I say, praise the Lord for that. Because if it continues to be what it used to be, we're doing something wrong. And we get to share what God is doing in and through us. This faith family, this, this group that we call the church. Some of us have grown as part of the body this, this year. And this morning, they, they've made a choice to, to take the next step in their involvement in their, this faith family. We, we call that membership. And, and we get to receive a couple members today, some new members. And I want someone to invite uh, George and Jackie and, and Janice and Clint. They're just going to stand right where they're at because they're immersed in their faith family this morning. And we're going to receive some new members today. They have gone through a membership time with us. Uh, they have been observed by the church board, and the board, not that the board gives, say, yeah, they can join, no, they can't. But the, it's just kind of an affirmation. The board says, yes, they're a part of who we are. They're, they're one of us. They're our people. And we're going to take a few moments now, and I'm going to ask them a couple questions, and they're just going to affirm their desire to, to become part of our faith family. In, in the manual of the Church of the Nazarene, they give us some questions to ask. I find it interesting that just one section over is um, what we call the, um, <laughs> the funeral ritual right next to membership. But that's for you guys to figure <laughs> out later. You guys can decide what that means in the days to come. <laughs> but membership begins with this. We believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe that human beings are born in sin, that they need to work 
They need the work of forgiveness through Christ, a new birth by the Holy Spirit. The subsequent to this, there's a deeper work of heart cleansing or entire sanctification the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And at each of these works of grace, the Holy Spirit gives witness. We believe that the Lord will return, the dead shall be raised, and it all shall come to final judgment with its rewards and punishments. We believe. We believe, and as the Holy Spirit bears witness, we bear witness today to the decision that you are making this morning. So I ask you today, do you acknowledge first that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and believe that he saves you now? You said, yes, I do. All right, great job. Do you desire to unite with the church of the Nazarene, to, to commit to the mission of this local church, to support the teachings of Jesus Christ that we learn through Scripture, to become part of the missional work that God is doing, to be part of the good news that we are sharing as a faith family? If so, please say yes. All right, isn't that good news? I keep in here, it's important for me. When I, my first Sunday I preached, you may remember uh, when we started here last June, we shared these swatches of, of cloth they're reminders that we're all part of a patchwork that God stitches together and makes us into something beautiful. He uses all different kinds of fabrics and colors and textures and styles. And today, it is, it's a joy as your pastor to invite you into this patchwork that God has put together. You've, all, you've been a part of our faith family for, for a long, long time, but you've taken that extra step, and we celebrate with the decision you've made this morning. We welcome you into the membership of the Marysville Church of the Nazarene. Couldn't we welcome our new members this morning? Amen. Thank you, guys. Yes. All right. You can have a seat right where you're at. Thank you, George and Jackie and Clint and Janice. In our first service, John and Carol Belt also were welcomed into membership. Uh, so God is doing good things, and I'm excited about that. We're a, a faith family that wants to share a message of hope. And speaking of hope, we have some others that have been serving in a different mission field in recent days. And Emerson, are you nearby? I've asked Emerson to come and share. Emerson's been sharing uh, his, his time and his efforts with his family on Mondays with a ministry for, in our community called the Hope Center. And every uh, evening, the Hope Center serves meals out of our, our Family Life Center. And I wanted to ask Emerson some questions because this becomes something that I think he enjoys doing, right? Mm -hmm. Now, any of us can donate food. We can come and even serve food. But I think for it to be meaningful, it has to go a little bit further than that, right? So yeah. tell me, Emerson, what's your favorite part about volunteering with the Hope Center? Yeah, it's the fellowship because we meet lots of people and we greet together. Sometimes we eat together, we talk. We, um, it's really the fellowship that's the fun part about it. Now, your mom's told me some things about you. you you've made some friends. Mm -hmm. What are their friends' names? Um... Well, there's Mr. Richard. He uh, likes to tell me stories about his school days. Okay. And um, how long ago were those? Like black and white? Maybe. Okay. Just kidding. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Mr. Um, Richard, and who else? Well, there's Mrs. Uh, Lisa. Um, Very cool. Now, what, what I really love to hear about is when we were doing the cars and people were picking up their meals, you'd have an opportunity to pray for people. I was surprised to hear that you got a chance to pray for people. What was that like? Yeah, it was, um, it was very, it was very out of my comfort zone, but I enjoyed it. Okay, very good. All right, babe. Thank you. That's all I need. Yeah. All right. So, very cool. So, listen, and I loved how he ended. He's right. Sometimes God's going to lead us to fields that are uncomfortable. 
and ask us to do things that maybe aren't natural for us. But if we lead with Jesus, he fills in the blanks. We're going to be a church that continues to share good news. It continues to share this idea of hope that, 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 that we find through Jesus Christ. And today we're going to finish our time together celebrating and recognizing decisions that have been made to accept his grace. To, to grab hold and to testify to his hope. We're going to celebrate baptism. Before I have the, the two that are going to be baptized come up, I just want to share something with you. Uh, I didn't bring the book with me. I shared a few weeks ago, a friend in our church gave me a book called The Frontiersman. And, and I've just been fat. My wife's getting sick of hearing me talk about this book called The Frontiersman. And about halfway through it, and what's really cool about it is I have so many parts of my story overlap with, with where this story takes place. And, and I didn't even share this with Devin last week, but there, at the very beginning of the book, it the main one of the main characters is named Simon Kenton. You may have known him from the history of Ohio. And Simon Kenton kind of ran away from home. There was something that happened in his life. He ran away from home, met some friends. And, and before he started out towards Fort Pitt in the Ohio River, the great, the great Ohio land, the, the, the Midland, as they would call it, he camped where White Day Creek ran into the Monongahela River. And then he began his journey. Now, here's what's so cool to me anyway. Maybe not to you, but it's cool to me. Simon Kenton's journey began at that junction when White Day Creek intercepted the Monongahela River. I grew up about three miles from where that occurs, which is really kind of cool, right? Uh, right there, White Day, White Day Creek, White Day was named after an Indian chief. White Day translated into Indian is Opakiska. Opakiska locks and dam are kind of where this occurs on the Monongahela River. What I find really cool in my story is that when I was 16 years old, I was baptized in White Day Creek. So I find it really cool that God put a book on someone's heart and sent it to me, and I got to read it and find a correlation that my journey began the same place. What excites me is that someday, years from now, I'm going to hear from Jensen, and I'm going to hear from Kiki, and they're going to tell me that their journey, their faith journey, took a real drastic turn when it came to this moment when they were baptized into the faith, and, and God has continued to do something amazing in their life. So we have a tub up here. I, you know, West Virginia kind of spoiled me. They had a place in Weirton, West Virginia. We didn't ever use this, but they would tell me stories about how they would get baptized at Devil's Den. That is a great place to be baptized. <laughs> yeah, Satan, take this. I'm getting baptized in your own den. That'd be kind of cool. We don't have that great story today. You get baptized in a tub, but uh, <laughs> the grace is still just as real. The hope just is significant, and I think it's a story that will forever matter. As a dad, part of you know, leading your child to Christ or officiating over their wedding, uh, there's a lot of great moments. But one of the greatest moments as a father is having the privilege opportunity to baptize. Our first baptism candidate today is Jensen Huff, and I'm going to invite he and his dad to come up now, and Josh is going to lead in the baptism of his son this morning. We're going to invite the families up. Uh, so. That means like my family, you guys, yeah, you, you guys. Um, <clears throat> if you guys come up and just kind of on that side over there, uh, as Pastor Brian said, this is a, this is a great privilege. I've had I've had the privilege of uh, um, baptizing many many teenagers, even adults, and some other kids uh, from our church. But this is the first time that I get the opportunity to baptize one of my own, and uh, that's pretty awesome. 
Um, but here's, uh, I, was, I was thinking through this. Um, even though this is kind of a unique baptism for me and that I'm baptizing uh, my son, uh, one of the things that uh, is not unique is that through, from all the other people that I've baptized, we're, we're baptizing into one common name, right? And that's Jesus. Uh, we're we're baptized, whoever I've baptized and I'm baptizing you, Jensen, we're baptizing you into the family of Jesus. We're baptizing you into the faith. And so uh, Jensen has uh, prepared just a quick uh, video testimony just to kind of share why he's getting baptized. So Spencer, if you wouldn't mind going ahead and playing that. Jensen, why have you decided to get baptized today? Because I've accepted Jesus into my life and I'm thinking all the people who have helped me in my journey until now. So who are some of those people that have helped you in your journey? Um, Mara, you, Pastor Kim, Pastor Brian, Mr. Dean, Miss Holly, and Miss Judy. And what is God's, how is God's love changing you right now? It's changed me by um, making myself more confident in stuff that I'm doing in my life. Right. Jensen, I'm going to have you go ahead and get in here. You can go ahead and sit there. All right. Go ahead and have a seat there. Mr. Dean said that he wanted to put a bag of ice in there for you, but I don't think that he did that. Okay, um, yeah. Um, can you can you see up over the the tub there? Can you guys see him? <laughs> that's a that's a shallow tub here. Um, one of the things that Jens and I uh, have been talking about as we've been we've been preparing this, uh, and and it was reflected in in what he shared there, uh, is Jensen is making a public profession of his faith. Uh, and, and he's he's declaring that this is this is something that God is doing in his life, and he wants you all to know about it, right? But one of the other significant things is that um, this is also a celebration of you all, of the faith family who has poured. And he listed some of those who have poured into his life, um, but also just this is. This is your celebration as well. And when we baptize Kiki, it's going to be the same thing. This is your celebration as well. You are welcoming, welcoming him into the faith family. And so, Jensen, as we talked about, you can kind of see when you, when I'm going to baptize you, I'm going to dunk you under, and I'm going to lift you up. And the first thing that you're going to see is your faith family. And for the first time, you're going to look out and you're, I am united with my brothers and my sisters who have also been baptized into the faith. And that's a pretty cool thing. So I want you, when I, put, when I pick you up and, and you look out there and you see, I want you to keep that. I want you to visualize. I want you to keep that picture in your mind that this is your faith family, your family here that is behind you. And we're committed to raising you and we're committed to showing you the love of Jesus and discipling you and walking alongside you. Right. So Jensen, have you, again, have you decided to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior and to follow in his ways this morning? Yeah. Jensen, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That beautiful. Wow. All right. You may not know the next person who's going to come up, but she's been part of our church for several months and brought by a friend, and then uh, God's been at work in her life. So I'm going to invite Kiki to come up at this time. And 
Um, she's going to share her testimony first, and then I'll have her family come up around her as well. Hi. So I've been a Christian my whole life, but I've never actually lived a Christian lifestyle. When I was younger, I jumped around from church to church, and I eventually stopped going altogether. It wasn't until my friend Addie dragged me to the life group at the Grace Church that I even considered following a Christian lifestyle. I was so off and on with going to life group, reading my Bible, and praying that I felt like I was getting nowhere, and I quit. I thought about how I wanted to live my life now as I am young and free, but it wasn't long until I realized that is not the life I should be living. I want to live a life with God because I wanted to get into heaven. So I picked up my Bible once more and I haven't put it down since. I'm so glad to have really grown these past months with the help of my friends and the support of my family. I'm no longer living a life to only get into heaven, although that would be amazing. I'm now living a life to grow closer and deepen my relationship with God. I hope that after today, I will continue to strengthen my relationship with God and always walk with him and glorify him with every step. Amen. Oh, I picked up. Was too soon to do what? Even Shiloh says amen. See, isn't that cool? Even the dogs are celebrating this morning. Thank you, Shiloh. All right, I'm going to invite her family, those who would like to stand with her or get a closer view. You don't have to. We'd love for you to come and have a front row seat. And um, you probably want to sit on the other side there for me. I'm sorry. So I'm going to help you into the pool here. Can't promise how warm it still might be, but 8.30 this morning it was. Okay. So, okay. Feel free, Mom. All right, good. So, so if anyone else wants to, you know, do this this morning, hey, I'll, we, we'll, we'll figure it out, right? Figure it out, all right? I'm going to have you sit down for me, yes. Okay, I do have a couple of questions for you. I appreciate your story and the privilege of being a part of your story. But is your, your testimony this morning that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. He's forgiven you of your sins? Yes. It's your desire from this point forward to live your life in a way that brings him honor and glory? Yes. I'm have you hold your notes for me? It's a privilege this morning to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and you got to see, now you're a part of the family, uh, a family of God and the beautiful things that God is doing. And what, what a great audience here this morning to bear witness to you, what you have chosen to do and to, to, to give your life to this morning. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of that. Thank you. All right. Amen. So, thank you, buddy. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Reed. <laughs> I always forget those things. Wow. Well, I, in all seriousness, say you might be cold for a little while, but anyone else who might want to make a public declaration, the water's still warm. Kiki said, so it's still up here. But uh, we, sorry, we have extra clothes in the back. Yeah, so we got you covered. So uh, we're thinking ahead, but we are excited to share in the new life that we get to bear witness to. That's what this is all about. We, we, should, we do this once a quarter. I hope we get to do this more often than that. What a great thing that would be to see God at work in the life of our church and our community. But um, we didn't talk about closing, did we, Miss Amy? Can we do that? Can we do some reprises of, of the song we just sang last? Uh, the hope that we've been talking about, the song we sang earlier, we're going to send, send you out today with this song. We want you to join with us in the living hope that we have together. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could 
Sealed the promise. 